This is most certainly true. In the greatest act of selfless mercy, God sent His own Son into our world to die for your sins. And we can't stop talking about it. We now present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. parable of the sower and the seed serves as the basis for today's sermon. The Gospel according to Matthew chapter 13. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, Farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it does not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still, other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred 60 or 30 times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Listen to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word at once and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. The Gospel of the Lord. I grew up in Wisconsin, about 50 miles west of here. I was 10 when we moved to a different house that had a huge yard, and my dad decided to plant a garden. That was my first chance to get up front, close, and personal with Wisconsin clay. It's brownish gray, tillable, and when tilled, can produce good crops and vegetables, but without water, it can get almost as hard as a rock. That's when I heard stories about South Dakota dirt, where my dad started as a pastor. If the back roads were more dirt than gravel, in a rainstorm, the dirt would turn into what they called South Dakota gumbo. Your tires would sink in up to the hubcaps, and the only way out 
was to be pulled by a farmer's tractor before it dried. Otherwise, you'd have to chisel the tires out. Southern Minnesota's dirt is some of the richest in America. Three feet of rich black topsoil. And when tilled and moist, if the sun is just right, the big black clumps of dirt give off a little bluish hue. Thus, there is a town and a separate county in Minnesota called Blue Earth. In today's gospel, which you heard read from the lectern, Matthew chapter 13, the Lord Jesus talks about seeds. But I have to confess that every time I study and think about that account, this account that's before us, I can't help wondering, what kind of dirt am I? Put seeds on a sidewalk, you can wait all summer, nothing will grow. In fact, they won't even last a day before the squirrels, chipmunks, and sparrows pilfer them. If you want seeds to grow, and there's nothing wrong with the seed, but if you want seeds to grow on a sidewalk, you have to get a jackhammer, pulverize the cement into smithereens, rake out the gravel, rototill the dirt, and plant the seeds in good dirt. Jesus explained, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart this is the seed sown along the path. The scary part is that while we live in this world, we all have in the corner of our hearts, our hearts, a hard path cutting across it. Too often, we are just like Jesus' first disciples. And he warned them on more than one occasion by using an illustration on one occasion of yeast working in dough, he warned them about the I've done enough to make God happy with me attitude of the religious leaders of the day and warned them about the greed of King Herod. When they didn't get it and didn't understand, then he simply asked, Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? Do you think we are immune to that? Why is it? that when there are tensions in a marriage relationship and God wants each spouse to address weaknesses and fears individually in order to improve the relationship, that we way too often refuse to seek help or ignore the help that's offered. Hard ground. Why is it that when God says to us, be content with what you have, we too often mismanage funds and overspend on the latest devices and fun and end up ruining future plans and hurting others. Hard ground. Why is it that when God says, watch your tongue, that we persist in negatively critical comments about anything and everyone? Hard ground. Lord, I don't want to be dirt like that. Bring your 
jackhammer, rake us over with your powerful words. Rototill the dirt in my heart and plant in my heart the powerful seed of your word of mercy. I talked with someone a while ago about his kids' description of their trip out west as rocks, rocks, and more rocks. In the western and southwestern part of America, that's pretty much true. But if you stop the car along the road and take time to really look among all the rocks, you can see some scruffy, scraggly growth, maybe shrubs or an occasional tree. But what happens when a gale force wind slams across that scraggly, scruffy growth? Well, topples over. Why? No deep roots. Jesus explained. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. You know, I hear this part of the story, and I start to wonder, who, who could be so shallow? I would never be like that. But then we remember, I remember, and I hope you do too, that while we live in this world, there are plenty of rocks under the surface of our hearts. Too often, we're just like the believers who first received the New Testament letter to the Hebrews. You've picked up this bad habit of not listening. By this time, you ought to be teachers yourselves. Yet, you need someone to sit down with you and go over the basics on God again, starting with square one, baby's milk, when you should have been on solid food long ago. Why does it happen that some Christians deal with the death of a dear loved one and view it as a celebration of victory? Oh, of course, there's sadness, deep sadness and many tears. But the joy of Jesus rolls up that sadness like a blanket and stores it away. And others have trouble dealing with the death of a dear loved one and can't seem to get over it. Why is that? Perhaps rocky ground? Why is it that couples get in touch with one of us pastors all excited to have us get involved in helping them plan their wedding? And we're excited too and they participate in our pre-marriage seminar. They even join our Back to the Basics of the Bible course. They join our church. They get married and then disappear. Why is that? Rocky ground. The Lord Jesus wants us to get rid of the rocks. Here's the good news. We pastors here at Grace Church and the leaders of this church are working hard to help you do that. Grace Bible Study Days is just around the corner. Info about the next series of small group Bible studies is on the way. Midweek and Sunday Bible classes are planned with you in mind. Contact one of us pastors. We'd be happy to help you figure out some kind of purposeful Bible reading plan. Why? Because we all know that troubles will come in life. Because we all know that it could be in our work 
connections or in our wider friendship circle or maybe even in our family, we are going to get flat for being committed to Jesus. Lord, I don't want to be dirt like that with rocks under my heart. Please, Lord, bring the rake of your powerful words to clear out those rocks, till up the soil of my heart, and plant in me consistently the seed of your powerful word of mercy. It's been a long, long time since we had a vegetable garden. The reason it's been that long, and the primary reason, is because it just takes too much time. And what takes the most time? Weeds. You go on a vacation for a week, and you come back, and the weeds have popped up around every bean, carrot, and onion plant. Go on two weeks vacation, enjoy that, and you come back, and it seems as the weeds have taken over. The little radish leaves and lettuce leaves and the sprouting cucumber vines just don't stand up well when the weeds are moving in and choking them off. That's why gardeners get on their hands and knees and pick out every little dandelion or thistle or crabgrass spear. Jesus explained, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. How does your schedule look this coming week or the next couple of weeks? Maybe a couple of people at work are on vacation and you're going to have to pick up extra responsibilities. Maybe you'd like to add in a little more exercise, perhaps even every other day in order to avoid the guilt of not exercising or going to the closet to grab that size one up clothes. Then there's the doctor appointment and the semi-annual teeth cleaning at the dentist office. The laundry piles aren't growing smaller, even though you wore the same pants twice last week. And what's for dinner? Hmm. Oh, we seem to be short some of the ingredients. Better make the list and get to that grocery shopping. Oh, might as well take care of that shopping for the next few days or even week. The car needs an oil change. Relatives invited you over Friday night. Your nephew's getting married and you gotta buy a wedding gift. Good thing they registered at Target, Kohl's, Macy's, and Pottery Barn so you can do your shopping online and save at least a little time. The email list is just choked with ads. And then you debate whether you should just click delete or open it up and scroll all the way down to the bottom and find that super tiny little word unsubscribe and click on that. And then they ask you multiple choice why you clicked on that. And then, of course, there's the light bulb that burned out in the bathroom, and you replace it with an LED bulb so you don't have to worry about that too much in the future. But now you can see that the faucet has been dripping and leaving one of those little rust rings around the sink, and you better take the time to clean that up. The softball league scheduled an extra game this week because of the rain out last week, and your friends want to meet you on Thursday at Jazz in the Park. You have to bring a dessert to the block party, and the pastor says, watch out for weeds that choke out your study of God's Word. Prioritize Bible reading and Bible study. If he only knew who's got time for that, 
Really? Do you take time to eat? Do you take time to sleep? Do you take time to clean up? Each day our bodies need food and rest and good hygiene. Our souls need nurture too. The faith that God planted in us needs nurture too. Too often we're just like Jesus' first disciples whom he warned on more than one occasion about being otherwise occupied by saying things like, what good is it for a person to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their own soul? Name, name one thing that is more important than the nurture of the faith which God planted into your soul. I can't think of one. Lord, I don't want to be dirt like that, choked off by weeds. Forgive me. Forgive me, Lord, for being otherwise occupied with stuff that won't make a hill of beans difference in the forever land of heaven. But give me the courage and strength to pull out the weeds, rototill my heart, dear Lord, and plant in my heart the seed of your word so that my faith can grow and be strengthened each day. Do you ever wonder why there are some people who hear the Word of God, and it seems like it just doesn't sink in. Do you ever wonder why there are people who just hear even the simple truths, you know, like, we all fall short of what God wants us to be and do and deserve His anger, but God sent His Son Jesus to be our substitute, and God now credits Jesus' rightness and His payment for sin to our account and covers us sinners. <gasps> why is it? you ever wonder? why some people hear even those simple truths and it doesn't seem to add up for them and they even reject those truths. Why is that? I don't really have an answer to that question. And to tell you the truth, God does not give us a specific answer to that in Holy Scripture either. Which leads to my haunting question. Lord, what kind of dirt am I but Jesus does give an answer to that with his own questions. He asks you and he asks me, do you know and believe that you really ought to be treated like rocky, weed-filled dirt because of the stony heart you're born with and the thistles you've left unattended in your life? Yes, Lord, I believe that. Do you know and believe that I laid my life on the line for you and that I splashed you with my blood so that all the record of your sin has been removed from God's sight forever. Yes, Lord, I believe that. Well, then he says to us, you are good dirt. Then the jackhammer of God's threats has gone to work and pulverized your stony-like, cement-like, hardened heart. And his life-giving words, the seed of his word, has gone to work and planted itself in your heart, creating faith that you trust in him and will live with God forever. Stop looking at the dirt. Look at the seed and use it, and you will receive blessings 30, 60, and 100 times more than you ever imagined. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. 
This grace is for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.